Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... Oh, I'm I'm college football playoff Kurt again. Oh, yeah. Sure, you are. Yeah. Uh, college football playoff Kurt, you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, I think I am. Let's see. I'm at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for joining us on this Thanksgiving week. Um... Last Typically week, speaking, yeah, last week, week of the 14, season, last, yeah. last, I was going to get to that week. before the games, but for right now, I guess, thanks for a pretty entertaining college football season. And, you know, coincidentally, every time we talk about food, that typically is what takes off on Twitter more than anything is Isn't our hot that, food takes. I know we should maybe start a food podcast and is it because that we occasionally because, talk about football. There yes, you go. Yeah. And the football <laughs> topics would take off. Um, or is it because we se- seemingly never actually agree on food topics? That's what we that's probably with, it. Yeah, which kind of sometimes makes me lead to believe that's what people actually want. They really they do want just disagreement, want screaming at yeah. each other. But I'm I think you've said previous podcasts Thanksgiving is actually in the number one slot. For oh, holidays. for holidays, absolutely number, number one, baby. And because because food and football. Okay, what else do you need? And, then, and, and there's no presents. That's the other one. So, Zero so presents. No stress for getting presents, stuff like that. I mean, there's stress with, with associated with the food and the meal and making sure everything is good. Say. But, but yes, I mean that's a big part of his no gifts. Um, speaking of food, you don't have to do like a top five or whatever. But what are when you sit down to a feast? Mm-hmm. What you lo- what you looking for? Stuffing is number one. So s- stuffing is number one. Stuffing is number two. Stuffing is three. I'm going to go stuffing four and then potatoes five. So, on <laughs> really, I'm, I'm okay with stuffing. Don't get, is, is it because you never see stuffing the other 364? That's a big part of it, absolutely. Okay. Where does turkey fall? Uh, you know, it's if it's on the plate, I'll eat it. <laughs> you, you, could, you could theoretically go without turkey. Absolutely. What, what style of potatoes? Uh, mashed. Okay. Uh, Got to be mashed. Okay. Yep, with gravy. And I yeah. put gravy on the 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 you typically stuffing need too. the turkey to make the gravy. Just an FYI. Hey, that's fine. Everyone can eat the turkey and enjoy it. Really, I have no problem with it. If you do go turkey, dark or white, uh, I I'd rather go dark. Okay, more of a dark. So what about you? Yeah, What's your plate turkey. look like? It's a big mound of dark turkey, uh, mashed potatoes, gravy over both the turkey and mashed sure. potatoes. Um, I loved. I'd love to see some corn. I'm good with corn or green yeah. beans, something like that. Okay, I, you know what? I'm gonna add green bean casserole in there. Yeah, I, I do like bean. the green bean casserole. So I'll remove my fourth stuffing and put the green beans in there. And then cranberry sauce is the devil's work. I and you said you made your own I, cranberry. I've sauce. made my own cranberry sauce from whole cranberries. And it was good. Before. It was delicious, but there's just. I don't know what to do with it is really what it comes down to. There's a law of diminishing returns woofing down cranberry sauce yeah. at some point. There's yeah. just it, you need such a small amount of it. Are you supposed to is cranberry sauce's role are you actually supposed to put it on the turkey I to think so. juicing it up or something? I think put on the turkey because turkey's bland, so it just gives it some kind of flavor and don't get me wrong like a turkey sandwich i'm I'm all over oh yeah but just like plain old turkey it's fine i'll eat it but yeah there's just not much to it right yeah yeah uh speaking of turkey the in-laws are coming over to the to the upstairs athletic club where we'll be eating i'm actually in charge of the turkey never done it before pretty sure i'm gonna screw it up but we're gonna give it the old couch dry i i was told by a co-worker because i was 
openly asking for advice to, to on how to do a turkey. Uh, he said it put a can of ginger ale in with the turkey instead of just water because it will add a sweetness yes. into the air inside the oven. Yeah, it's probably not a bad idea. I, uh, my advice to you, use a thermometer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to kill anybody. Yeah. Just yeah. use a thermometer. Oh, when it gets to the temp, you're done. I've actually got the uh, the digital infrared or Bluetooth, whatever it is, it hooks up to my phone. Oh, perfect. The yeah. Weber, that you, so. Like the people that are smokers yeah. use. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, all right. Moving on. Yeah. Okay. Go I ahead. Think what so. you, what's you usually have the topics here? Where do you want to start? Well, hold on. Let's let's start by saying that I've had some technical difficulties okay. at home. Um, so it's possible we will have <laughs> no music for this episode. I apologize. And they would already me. know that there was no music because they would already know they that. Just start start out with us talking. So I I busted my ass trying to fix that today. Did not. I'm gonna go home and put about thirty seconds of effort more into it. And if it doesn't fix it, there's no music. Well, now you know if there was no music. Right. And if there was music, you should just edit this out. I guess I could. <laughs> I suppose I could. But I'll probably just leave it in because I just want to get the damn thing posted so gotcha. I can get drunk tonight. Yeah. And I probably don't state this enough on the podcast. Kurt does all the work. Like, all of the work. Well, all the thing. technical work, yes. Well, that's pretty much what most of the work okay. is behind. Yeah. But honestly, it doesn't usually take that long. Okay, let's move on. Housekeeping. Greg Schiano turns down an eight-year, $32 million offer from to be the Rutgers head coach again to return. That, according to ESPN.com. Uh, apparently, Rutgers refused to guarantee certain demands that he had, including facilities upgrade and higher assistant coaching salaries. If you want to win, Rutgers, you got to do those things. And, and I know they're behind. And so if I don't know what his specific demands were, but if they're not investing in facilities, they, they have no hope. And that basically and there was even a quote by their athletic director saying something along the Pat lines, Hobbs. Pat Hobbs, of saying something on the lines of we're not interested in making money. We're not interested in making money. Essentially. But what, did he, what did he mean by that? Essentially the overall health of the athletic department, just financially speaking is the way I read into it is more important than, than winning football games. So they are interested in making money. doesn't make any sense. I think that was the whole point. Rutgers fans overall pretty much want to tar and feather Hobbs right now. Is that I know? Yeah, it seems like it. And now I have heard just recently, like within the last six hours that maybe Shiano is that they're rekindling on. things. Yes. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, I, I feel really bad for Rutgers fans right now because, you know, they want to win more than anybody. And if your institution is not willing to do the basic things that it takes to win, then how can you even follow them? How, how can you even care? At a time when that question, even before the Shiano fiasco, which has been going on for about a month now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was already up to question before that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you're going to get to more things in housekeeping about players leaving the program. Let me see if I have anything. extremely tentative right now for the Rutgers, just, not just football program, athletics in general. Well, because if you're not making money from the football program, the whole athletic department suffers. And another way to put it is if you're not cashing in on the Big Ten checks while they're here, I'm not saying we know anything, but – 
Nothing is set in stone with this stuff. No, that, it can always Rutgers change. is going to be a member of the Big Ten Conference till the end of time. They better do some things for the Big Ten to consider keeping them. They're going to have to. Because at some point, if, if they don't do these things, if they don't hire a good coach, if they don't invest in facilities, if they don't pay good assistant coaches, then the, the Big Ten really has to look at themselves and say, do we really want them anymore? Like, right. like, are the TV sets really that important, especially when things start changing with cord cutting, changing to subscriptions, yeah. which is how it's going to go. Yeah. And I just want to say this, though. I, I don't think Greg Schiano being hired – is going to get Rutgers back to the win totals that they were at. No. Because obviously the landscape has changed incredibly since the last time he was coach. But he's shown that he's a good recruiter, and I think he'd be a solid coach. Every uh, uh, program has like their their place, right? Their place, what they need to think about is making bowl games, just getting to 6-6. Six and six. Could he do that? I think he might be able to do that. I think he might be able to do that. This isn't besmirching Greg Schiano. I just don't think he's the only coach in America no. that could get to Rutgers to a 6-6 six and six record. That's probably true. But that's kind of the feeling I get from Rutgers fans. I know. It just they, they can't forget those old Big East days when they were winning you know, nine games, et cetera. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, moving right along with some more Rutgers news. Quarterback Art Sikowski is in the portal. He's gone, baby. That ship has sailed. Oh, here's another one. Rutgers running back, Raheem Blackshear, in the portal. He's out of there. Gone. <sighs> Speaking of Penn State wide receiver Justin Shorter, this was a little bit surprising to me. Enters the portal as well, per uh, Pete Thamel, uh, Yahoo Sports. He only had in his two seasons. Uh, well, hold on. Let me, let me back up. He was the number eight overall recruit and the five number one five-star number one wide receiver in the 2018 class and only has 15 receptions in two seasons for 157 yards. So, so far he's been a bust, but there's also a lot of talent in that wide receiver room at Penn State. But he's, he's, uh, he's checking out as well. Yeah. Um, I think Penn State has proven – over the last two or three years. I, well, I guess I would say the last two years is when the, the transfers have happened the most. Yeah. That they have been just fine as far as personnel-wise. Yes. And winning football games with the players that have left. Um, with that being said, the one position that it seems to be goofy is the wide receiver position. That was where they lost a lot of a bunch people of in the Absolutely. transfer por yeah. portals. Um uh, homeboy that went to the West Coast. Juwan Johnson. Juwan, he's been lighting it up. Oh, yeah. Having a great year. Um, now, I will say, Justin Shorter, he, he hasn't looked like a five-star recruit. It's Definitely not, not like he has not had playing time. He hasn't been right. getting open and catching the ball is what it looks like to me. Correct. I <laughs> Go ahead and agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like they haven't shown the ability to get the ball to talented receivers such as you know, Pat Fryermuth or KJ Hamler. Right. So how is it that they can get those guys the ball and they catch it and play well, but not Justin Shorter? One would think that's probably more on Justin Shorter. Might be on Justin Shorter. Probably just not a five-star, as it turns out. Moving on to some injuries. Pretty long list. I'll try to get through it quick. Quick. Uh, Illinois quarterback Brandon Peters concussed. He's questionable. Doubt he's going to play. Indiana wide receiver Watt Fillier concussed. Probable. All right. Iowa running back Tyler Goodson. Ankle. Questionable. Michigan State cornerback Josiah Scott, head injury, didn't say concussed. I'm guessing he's concussed. Questionable. Nebraska wide receiver 
I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name. Kanawe? Is that, do you know if that's right? Just call him Noah. Yeah, Kanawe Noah. Knee, he is going to be out. Nebraska wide receiver Wandale Robinson, undisclosed, is questionable. Northwestern quarterback Aiden Smith, undisclosed, questionable. I don't think he's going to play. Also, Northwestern quarterback Hunter Johnson, leg questionable. He ain't going to play. Purdue wide receiver Rondale Moore, this stinks. Leg injury, he's doubtful. So basically, we lost almost a full season of Rondale Moore. And did. Did he play in more than four games? Yeah, uh, no, he didn't. But it's, it doesn't matter yeah, I, because he's not going he, to stay after point. next year anyway. So yes, he could redshirt. But so we're going to get one more season of Rondale or uh, Rondale more. And then finally, Northwestern running back Evan Hall will not be playing this Saturday against the University of Illinois. He will take the redshirt because he wants to take a redshirt. Yep. And I guess Fitzy agreed to that. That per uh, Wildcat report in USA Today. What do you, how do you feel about that? Little little in matey running asylum-y type of feel to me. He just shouldn't, like, coach should be able to kind of dictate But that maybe the coach is dictating it. Yeah. And if that's we the case, know. I we don't know. like that. I, this is not an unwinnable game that you have. You could win this game. Yeah. I would be curious to know. But oh, I'd like God. to know how healthy are the other running backs now. I don't I don't imagine Bowser's going to be back. Moten, any of those other guys? Maybe they're getting healthier, so maybe they don't need him. Maybe that's why he's not playing. But if he's not playing just to preserve the red shirt, don't like it. Sorry. Yeah, weird. And housekeeping. Um, then I guess the little uh, topic on this week's podcast every week is the couch football playoffs. Ah, it wasn't. Yes. There was, there's not, as most of you, I'm assuming, have picked up, whether if you follow him on Twitter or just his overall demeanor of, of talking about the couch football. Kurt does not. I was excited last night. Yeah. To watch? Yeah. No, I no, wasn't. No, no. Okay. So, but I did watch. Yeah. I mean, I watched a little bit. Um, Ohio State takes over the number one spot. So I'm, I'm proud of that. Happy for them for, for actually recognizing that they are the best team so and you, far. And you know what I think? Why that's a big deal? Or potentially? Because you don't want to play Clemson, probably. Well, that, well, that's one thing. I guess that's Because we don't really know how good Clemson is. I think we I think we kind of know at this point. You think they're pretty damn good. (laughs) I think they might be the best team in the country or second. But um, I think maybe that sets it up that if Ohio State loses to Michigan and beats whoever in the Big Ten championship, that assures them a spot in the college football playoff. Oh. Maybe even Hmm. if they beat Michigan but lose the Big Ten championship, it assures them a position in the college Interesting. Wow. Don't you think? That's conspiracy. I kind of like it. A little bit there. It uh, makes but, us a little more interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, other thing to point out is that the Big Ten has the highest rated zero loss team and the highest rated two loss team. Wow. That is interesting. Penn State, the highest two loss team. So that's a thing. Yeah. A little bit more respect there from the How about it? college football playoff selection committee. You know what I'm really hoping for is I just hope Utah – Wins out, wins the Pac-12, because I think they'll get in if they do that. Here's what I see from all of the college football Twitter handles that put out, you know, their what if this, what if that, or who do you want to see in if this. And if if Utah is one of the choices, they are over, overwhelmingly the choice because everybody outside the SEC footprint wants to see four teams in the playoff. One from the SEC, from, three from the other conferences. Right, yeah. I mean, at this point, I would rather it be Utah, but I couldn't care less if it was Utah or Oklahoma. the winner or, or, or Baylor at this point because it would just be yeah. somebody from, you know, four different conferences. Sure. So with that being said, I mean, and then really quickly, 
Um, Ohio State at one, as we said. Penn State and Minnesota flip-flopped, by the way. Minnesota's at eight. Penn State's at ten. It was the opposite last week. Yeah. Wisconsin stays right where they're at at 12. Michigan stays right where they're at at 13. Iowa stays right where they're at at 17. So essentially what we're cheering for this weekend, LSU has Texas A&M. That is a 17-point line. We're cheering, wow. for the, we're cheering for the Aggies. Bama has Auburn. Did you see that line? No, I didn't see it. Three. Oh, no kidding. Okay. So interesting stat. Nick Saban has never beat an Auburn team that has finished the year with nine wins or more. Wow, no kidding. And if Auburn wins this game, they would have nine wins. Kind of crazy, huh? Huh. So go Auburn. That would definitely Nick or Nick uh, take uh, Bama out of the playoffs. And then Georgia has Georgia Tech. <laughs> okay. 28 point but uh, line. But and I will say, I think Georgia does deserve the four spot, too. Yeah, I guess. A hell of I, a defense. I understand that, but it just sure seems like the college football world has collectively just completely forgiven them for that abysmal South yeah Carolina that's a good loss. point they do have at that home. abysmal loss at against home. a not good south carolina against team. a south carolina team that's going to wind up four and eight after they get trounced by clemson Oof. yeah that is a blemish right yeah it's a big is that just a blemish that's like a festering <laughs> zit to me it's the that somehow yeah it's the it's the the mole from uh uncle molly molly no oh no that was from uh austin powers, austin powers yeah, yeah. Uh, wonder but there was one in Uncle Buck, too, wasn't there? Was there was there a mole. One? Yeah, there right. was a mole. All right. With that being said, we're going to move on to some football? Yeah, let's move on to some football. All right. right. So this is week 14. This, is been this the is fast- it, baby. This has been the fastest college football season of my entire life, I think. Yeah, it's, it's gone there. by pretty quick. I don't know. Uh, so these games take place on Friday, November 29th, and Saturday, November 30th. Seven games. We've got... Uh, 14 Big Ten teams all playing each other just like we had last week. No idleness. So, first up, here we go. Black Friday, number 17, Iowa at 8-3. and three, Going into Nebraska to take on the Cornhuskers at 5-6. and six. This is an old-school 1.30 p.m. game. Oh, no kidding. Remember the old 1.30 yes, p.m. Yes, of games? course. Yeah, yeah. It takes you back, doesn't it? This is on Big Ten Network. Line Hawks by 5.5 over under at 44 Yards per play differential, Iowa positive 0.6. Nebraska still in the positive 0.3. This is, of course, for the Heroes Trophy. Yuck. Just don't like it. How do you feel about the Heroes Trophy? We got to get your side of this. Well, are you going to go on to the... uh... I'm going to. Okay. That will tie into what I'm saying next. All right. So Nebraska owns the overall 29-17 with three ties. Nebraska had an eight-game winning streak, 31-41, 1980. Just went to town in the Hawks, 57 nothing. So since I, I'm poking the bear right now, what's your favorite memory of this series? Any one of the last four years. Okay, I like that response. They've all got special, special <laughs> moments. Well done. So to me, it's amazing this, like how much hatred there is in this. Yeah, so I got, right. a, little, I got hold, a little checklist hold, here. Hold on. Okay. Just because, yeah. yeah, they've played for a number of years. I mean, they've, what, whatever if it is, 40 times or so, or 50 times. But they've only been conference rivals since 2011, was it? And how much hatred there is in those eight years okay. is impressive to right. me. So I got a little checklist here, okay? Yeah. Uh, first first question up, before I even knew you were going to go into that. Do these fan bases seem to hate each other? Yes, do they share a state or a border? Yeah. Do they are they in the same conference or division? Both. Do they play for a trophy? They do. 
that that the hero's trophy. Okay. The force tro- but, but before, maybe the second it, most force trophy in how a lot of a lot of strong check marks into the rival situation. Yeah, I mean it's a rivalry. Okay. What are you gonna say? Um the trophy is an abomination. It is. Now I would say that um it, it's of all the things that are contrived, the trophy is what's contrived. And the trophy itself is no big deal. It's basically it's just nothing a, wrong. It's just a triangle with a football on yeah, top. It's and like an nothing. old school one that you'd see in your high school. But like I think what people want in trophies is a pig with a background to it. You know, an old oaken bucket with a background to it. I can You're just not say, going to get that every time. If you have created a trophy in the last 20 years, it should just go away. There has to be a, it has to go way back. Yeah, it's got to go back. You can't start to, trophies It's, it's almost got to be pre-war for it Pre- to actually yeah. have any history Pretty to much. It. But at the end of a game that is a quote-unquote rivalry, I don't know. I don't know what you do if you don't have, you know. But you don't uh, need a trophy yeah, just because you're rivals. Yeah. I don't not think. No, you don't need one. Um. All right, so looking at the line, it is Hawks by five and a half over under at 44.5. So essentially, Vegas is saying 24 to 20, Iowa. Um, one thing that I've noticed is that Nebraska has battened down the hatches. Uh, they hard, they weren't letting any uh, inter- player interviews this week, which mm. is not normal for them. Um, I don't think it's any question that after they won last week versus Maryland to get to five wins, getting to a six win and to a bowl, that's not only a huge deal for the football program and the fans. I don't think Scott Frost wants to be entering 2020 having not gone to a, a bowl yet, correct? No, I mean, that that's such a driving force for Nebraska here. Uh, I mentioned this last time. If you beat your rival Iowa and get to a bowl game, you essentially salvage the season. Right. You'd go six and six with a win, not only your over a rival, but a top 20 ranked rival. And then if you win the bowl game, if they go to the pinstripe bowl sure. or whatever, winning and beat season. an ACC team, you now you wind up with a winning record after all the tumultuous stuff that's gone on. This and year. maybe a little less than you were hoping for. Maybe you're hoping for eight or nine wins. Maybe, you know, a lot of them are just assuming a West title, some of them anyway. But still, it still salvages a, a, a decent season, right? Yeah. Um, the difference between 5-7 and seven and 7-6. Seven and six Oh, my gosh. With Enormous. 15 practices? Yeah. I mean. The 15 practices is huge, too. So, a lot on the line for Nebraska here. I think there's a lot on the line for Iowa. See, and I guess I would check that. I you You have the possibility to get to 10 wins. Is that okay? That is the thing that they're striving for. The players actually have said it themselves that that's what they are striving for the most is after they knew getting to Indianapolis was out, getting to a ten win season was what they, if they went out. They go ten and three. That's a that's a good year yeah. right there. Oh uh, yeah. When you, when you go over the Winsipedia and you look at the list, seeing a ten double digit out there is a big deal. Um, but if Iowa finishes eight and four or nine and three. I don't think like listening to and looking at the bull pecking order, it hardly makes a difference. They could essentially wind up in the same spot whether they win or lose. Yeah, game. that may be the case, but I, I, I'd want to get to double digits. No, I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying, I don't know. And then Scott Docterman wrote a good article this week. A lot of rivalry games for Iowa, Iowa State, Wisconsin, yeah, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota. quasi rivalries with Northwestern and Illinois. And sure. then another one, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the coaches. Maybe they're exhausted I, from I, all the rivalries. I, I think it's. I think it's a. 
honest question that's worth asking, you know, and I think that's why he wrote the article. Um, then a lot of question marks in this game. Wandale Robinson, I think he would be a gigantic X factor for Nebraska. Huge X factor for Iowa's Tyler Goodson. Yeah. He was listed on at the top of the depth chart. Typically, Iowa doesn't oh. put a player at the top of the depth chart unless they think he's going to okay. play. So that's a good sign. But yet, I think it's generally accepted that he's he's a little gimpy right now. Um, another thing that I think could be huge, and by the way, this could be a common theme throughout the games. The weather does not only look yeah. not good. It looks horrible. Let's just go ahead and talk about that right now. Pretty much all of these games, from what I can tell, are going to be cold and rainy and a lot of them snow mixed in. That's going to affect every single one of these games. I mean, it is I, going there, to be there the, are a ton of unders that I'm looking at this week. This is one of them right here. Um, really, what any any. Well, there's two things, I guess, but in a in a really snowy, wet, whatever type of game, what are the two things that you want to try to control in the game? Well, you want to run the ball. Yes. And you want to not turn it over. There you go. Those are the two things yep. right there. Um, seeing as how turnovers, you never really know who has the advantage of that until the turnovers happen. Um, I believe the whole game with this, come the 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 um, winner of this game comes down to who can run the ball or who can't. I would even say even more so, can Iowa run the ball or not? If Iowa can run the ball because they have the better defense, I feel like that's enough there for, sure. for me to see them control the game. And what I'm picking up from Twitter is that Iowa fans aren't that confident that they can run the ball. Yeah. But Nebraska fans aren't that confident that they can stop the run. It's it's kind of the the opposite of the immovable force. Uh, or, or Sure, the movable force. And, yeah. uh, uh, why can't we ever get that right? I don't know. But, stoppable you know, stoppable object. object. Yeah. There you go. Um, so here's the question I have. How much dual threadiness from the quarterback position has Iowa had to deal with this year? Penn State. Yep. Anybody? A little bit. Anybody little else? Bit well, last week with Brandon Peters. And in fact. Well, okay. But I'm talking about like a true Adrian Martinez dual threat type of quarterback. They just haven't really had to face that. Not a ton. No. So but I, I will say this. I actually thank Brandon Peters for what he did to Iowa's offense last week because he gave him a live scrimmage look at what can happen if you lose track of the quarterback. Now, I think. It's pretty obvious to say that they didn't go into the game last week thinking Brandon Peters' legs were going to be the X factor in the game. They certainly feel that's going to be the case with Adrian Martinez. Right. So do you think, are you trying to say that because of last week, they should be able to adjust this week to it a little better? They've already made comments this week that they realize okay. that's got to be something that they improve on from last week to this week. Um, speaking of Adrian Martinez, I don't think there's any question he has found a certain amount of of, of some mojo the last week or two. Yeah, absolutely. He yeah. finally looks like the, the Amar we expected. But no Noah at wide receiver. He had just yep. started coming on. Um, maybe no Wandale. And maybe no – I I think Wandale will be here. Yeah. Um, that would be huge for, for Nebraska. Another thing, too, that I think is something that gets overlooked a lot, but maybe even more so in a potentially sloppy game – is special teams. And yeah. Iowa's special teams have been good. And Nebraska's have not been very good. So that is where I can Ooh, see I like that. something big happening in this game. Not saying good for Iowa, bad for Nebraska, but one way or the other, 
that's something that I think is a is a big part of this yeah, game. Yeah, so we should field position in general to me it looks like it'll be huge for this game. Yeah, field position is going to for all these games. I think we can pretty much go down the line and say got to run the ball, got to protect the ball, and yes, yeah, special teams is going to be a big factor too. Gigantic deal. So, for those reasons, I like Iowa minus the five and a half, but I'm this is going to be a theme too. I I got to go under in this one. I actually like Nebraska plus the points. Okay. Uh, don't love it, but if I got to choose, that's what I would go with. Iowa to win the game. Um, Iowa, by the way, has held eight teams total to their lowest point total of the year. That is incredible. It's not going to be nine because Penn's, uh, uh, Nebraska only scored seven versus Ohio State. I mean, there's no sure. way I was keeping them to under seven points. But I bring that up because I have faith in two things. It is the Iowa defense and the Iowa special teams. This seems like a game where defense and special teams sure. play in. I, I have to go by the numbers at this point, so I take Iowa to win. But what I like the most, yeah, is that under 44.5. Mm-hmm. Good? Yeah. Okay, moving on. We got three early games on Saturday, November 30th. First one up. Why not? Let's just get right into it, right? Sure. The Ohio State Buckeyes at 11-0, and ranked number one going into the big house to take on the number 13th ranked Michigan Wolverines at 10-2. and This, of course, is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on Fox. The line is the Buckeyes by nine over under 50. Yards per play differential, Ohio State finally going the other direction, positive 3.6 that just down one little tick yards per play differential for Michigan positive 1.7. So Ohio state can pass Michigan as the all time percentage, like win percentage leader in college football. Like it's literally coming down to this game, which, which is, is unbelievable. Insane, insane. But that according to Kyle Rowland at the Toledo blade. So I want to ask, can someone check his work? Where did they cut? Co- where did Ohio state come from on yeah, that one? Maybe he just wanted to get something out there for, to get a little traction. But yeah. I let's don't, just go with it. Let's just, let's not fast sure. check and just assume it's the truth. And I, I want to make this clear. This is not the game that everyone's calling it the game. That's a new thing. I don't know where it came from. The game happened last weekend. That's Harvard and Yale. You okay. can't steal the name of the game. Interesting. Sorry. Okay. Doesn't work for me. Michigan leads the overall 58 to 50 with six ties. Michigan won 13 of the 15 first meetings. The two they didn't win were both ties. Wow. So this thing would almost be neck and neck. Yeah. They started out hot, you know, right. 100 some years ago. Um, so, and, and speaking of the rivalry, um, I guarantee that there are some Ohio State and Michigan fans clicking off right now because if they have listened to the podcast enough, they know that this is not actually the Big Ten game of the week. That we have made. No, it is not. This game is still gigantic. I want to make sure I say that there is a game that I'm sure, you know, us seasoned Big Ten fans know we're going to pick as the Big Ten game of the week. There's a certain little bit of we don't know how often we would get the chance to make a different game. The Big Ten game of the week. To me, it seemed like it made sense. I saw a a poll by a college football person said, what game are you looking uh, mm-hmm. most to in the Big Ten, yep. Ohio State, Michigan, or the other game. The other game was actually chosen in that poll. Yeah, as well it should be because, yes, there's there's a lot on the line for Ohio State and Michigan, but they're not playing for anything. They're not playing for the division. They're not playing to go to the playoff. 
Ohio State Ohio could State's seemingly are, lose this game. They we know they go to the Big Ten championship. They beat the other team on the other side. They're going to get to the college football playoffs. Yep. And there's a game that we're going to get to where they're playing for a lot. Correct. So I don't know what to tell you, Ohio State Michigan fans. This Sorry. is how we see it this year. Not that this isn't a huge game. Okay. Still a huge game. I don't know. And I'm being serious here. I don't know who has more pressure on them. Khaki pants or Ryan Day. I know the it's general Ryan Day, cons- I think. Re- okay. Because yeah. I think the general consensus would say khaki pants because this is your first Urban Meyerless Ohio State team. You better beat them. No, because been- if, if, if Ryan Day starts out 0-1 versus hmm. Michigan in his career and basically Ohio State fans, or at least a, a, a large you know percentage of Ohio State fans would say, yeah, well, congratulations on 11-0. You don't beat Michigan. You know, it's not a perfect season. Here's the thing. Uh, Khaki Pants is playing the best Ohio State team he's had to face. I don't feel like there's nearly as much pressure on him. Whereas Ryan Day, you your goal is okay. to win the playoff. Get yes. to the playoff and win the playoff. Right. There's, there's way more pressure on Ryan Day, or I think. Or pressure to win the game because they're almost 10-point favorites in the game. Well, there's that, too. Yeah. I mean, they're two-score favorite in i know the game, which is kind of crazy but yeah okay that's interesting i thought maybe you would think think i was crazy with no, i that. think i think khaki pants has gotten a lot of that pressure off them with the way they've played since the middle of the penn state they played so damn well i agree i mean i mean it is absolutely i mean we talk about on this podcast that winning is the ultimate deodorant has there been a better application of the deodorant by what jim harbaugh has done the last five or six weeks it you know it's amazing. I scolded Michigan and Illinois the same week, and they both turned <laughs> their their seasons yes, around. That's interesting. They both used the deodorant. You never know what happens. <laughs> you never know when the deodorant is going to be applied in college I've, football. I've got powers, baby. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. So, um, Justin Fields, his health has been called into question. Yeah, I've he, heard that. He laid on the mat. Got a little for, dinged. Yeah. So it's an ankle thing. It's uh, we're not real mm. sure. I mean, that is That's not gigantic. Good. And as crazy as it sounds, if he can't go, you can't really you can't really play him here, can you? If if he can't go. Well, let me thank okay. Let me reword that. If it's iffy, right? Okay. Is this a push through the I see what you're saying deal? Boy. Or do you rest him? Because number one, he gets another week of rest. Right. And number two, you definitely need to win. The Big Ten Championship, because yeah. then you go to the college football playoffs. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's a point where if he's dinged enough, you have to set him, right? Do I think he'll play? Yes, yeah, I think I so do. too. But it's it's a thing. Okay, right? my question in this game is: the best thing that can happen, Ohio State having a really close game and then winning it, like down to the wire, like absolute, you know, barn burner. Yes, I yeah. think so. No, they, I think you're they right. haven't been. Yes, Penn State. They, got, they, they didn't blow them out, bit. but they have. How about how about a come from behind victory oh that would be even better probably because they they need to they haven't had to like learn how to win a game which they're gonna have to do in the playoff you would think yeah i for me that's that's what needs to happen for them um that's a really good point uh i would go out and say penn state has got a really good defense it is going to be tough to break down this game without throwing a little bit of shade towards penn state or how their fans might feel about it but I think this might be the best defense they've played all year. Michigan, and so Michigan's been getting better too on defense. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they've been really buckling down against the run, especially. Um, Penn State and Michigan are both nine and two, 
and Michigan got beat by Penn State. That is a fact. Yeah. You cannot take that back. I do not want to smear Penn State fans on that because I would feel slighted if I was a Penn State fan. But I'm trying to call this how I see it, and right now I felt I feel better about Michigan pulling this off than I did last week with yeah. Penn State pulling it off. Another thing that plays into that, this is in the big house. Ohio State's yep. got to get away from the horseshoe to play this game. Another thing I'd like to point out, Michigan is playing at home. Ohio State's on the road. Please, for the love of God, I want the Michigan home uniforms and the Penn yeah. State regular away uniform or uh, Ohio State away uniforms because that's how college football should have it. So, so for Michigan though, you're gonna have to mix it up a little defensively. You can't. Don Brown can't just. He's do not. It. He's not. I please don't. He, he's not going to do that. Come up with a game. First plan, of all, Don. he's been mixing in more zone this entire year. Yeah, he has. So, and one would think that he's had to do that because of. The scorching that took place last year in the horseshoe. Absolutely. Those same, not the same talented receivers. They got different names and jersey numbers, but they're pretty much the same oh, it's, receivers. It's virtually the same. So you receivers. can't do it. Now, yep. again, there's going to be issues with weather. And yep. when you, if you limit the passing game, who does that hurt more? I would say it hurts Michigan more. Really? Don't you think? No, I think it hurts Ohio State. Well, yeah, because they, uh, they got all those wide receivers. But the, I'm thinking about the way that uh, Shea Patterson has been playing the last few weeks. Actually, now that's a good point. Because last week, Michigan was severely limited on the ground. Yeah. They busted it open because they tossed it up. Right. Yeah, maybe that's not as I don't big know. of an I'm, advantage as I thought it was. I'm not sure what's the right answer. What I now. found so interesting about last week is that when times got tough, they ran Justin Fields into the ground. Yeah. That's if, what Ryan Day did. That was his, that was his, you know, default setting. Well, and I think that's what you do when you, like you save that for that kind of game, right? A, a tight game is when you start running your star. And this might be tinfoil hat stuff, but, or were they saving the really good plays in the passing attack for this game? Yeah, they could be. I mean, maybe that's giving them too much credit. Maybe a little bit. I, this is, it is intriguing how we are looking at this game now than we did just three, four, five. Oh, weeks I think ago. Michigan has a real shot to win this game. So, especially with the weather, I you feel I the was, elements in yeah, there too. It matters. It's just home, you know, home field advantage and all that stuff. Um, I thought I was going to be unique on Twitter when we recorded this podcast to think that Michigan was going to win this game. Come to find out, there's a ton of people that are already picking Michigan. To yeah. win this game. I was considering calling for an upset. But uh, I just can't pull the trigger on it. I can't it. either. So here's here's one thing that I want to throw out there. Did you know that Ohio State's only allowing 217 yards a game, which is first in the nation? We know that. You know that it's you have to go back to 2011 Alabama to find a team that's allowed less yards a game? Wow. Yeah. Really? And Alabama, that was that incredible defense that had like, they were giving up like 184 yards a game or something like that. But I had no idea that it was that monumental. You have to go back eight years. And then to break it down like that, um, I think the down that Michigan has to win consistently all day long is first down. They have got to get yards on first down. Mm -hmm. Why? Because if they get into third down situations – I don't care who Chase Young is going against. I don't yeah. care what offense he's going against. Right. He's going to murder your third down and long offense. They have got to win first down. Can they do it sometimes? Yes. Can they do it consistently enough? I don't think so. So 
it's a rivalry game. This is a this is as bitter as bitter can be. We we talked about the uh, Iowa Nebraska rival. This this everything pales in comparison to me to the Ohio State Michigan rival. This is a 365 day a year rivalry. Yeah, they are going to come out and fight. So with that, I like Michigan plus the nine just as much. The under 50 because I feel like these defenses are both. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, and they will limit both offenses. Ditto. I don't need to do it again. I like both of those. Okay, moving on. Yep. Okay, next one up. Another good one to me. Northwestern two and nine coming into Illinois to play the five and six Fighting Illini. This is eleven o'clock a.m. game on FS1. The line is Illini by seven and a half over under forty two yards per play differential. Northwestern negative one point one. Illinois, not a whole lot better, negative 0.6. Of course, this is for the LOL hat trophy, right? You know why they call it that, because it's so stupid. So you say LOL. Oh, wait, no, it stands for Land of Lincoln. Well, whatever. So Illinois leads. perfectly, though. Oh, my God. Some things are meant to be. It's such a stupid looking trophy. (laughs) So, of course, it used to be the Sweet Sue Tomahawk, but that got retired. So Illinois leads the overall. Do you know how... Have any idea? Like, how many games do you think they're they're leading this by? Twenty five. Oh no, sir! Fifty five to fifty two with five ties. They're only up by three games in this series. Shut the front door. That surprised me how too, man. How did Northwestern during the seventies and eighties? I I I mean, even sixties, fifties. You'd have to go back to like pre fifties really to find some consistent Northwestern teams. I think. I would love to know leading into some of those games. When Northwestern was classically awful, how yeah. they were able to pull some of those out. I don't know. They had to have, right? In I, the, I, I, they'd be this close? Hey, I was at one of them, man. I, I talked about it not long ago. 1990, I think. Okay. Illinois had a really good team. No, it had to be 91. It was 91. So they had won part of the Big Ten the year before. So it was 91. They had a pretty disappointing year. But it was Jason Verduzco still. And... They played, it was a driving rainstorm, and just nothing went right for Illinois, and they lost at Northwestern. I was at the game okay. when Northwestern was terrible. They I can see just that awful. happening once a decade, but it would have had to have happened more than that for this to only almost be a 500 series? Very strange. Crazy. Do you remember the Illinois victory in the dump known as Wrigley Field? Remember that one in 2011? No, 2010, I'm sorry. When Mikel LaShore ran for 330 yards, Illinois record. Do you remember they played the all the offense they played in the same direction yeah. the whole game yeah. because they had yeah. kind of screwed up the positioning of the field and it was right. too close to the yep. the brick the brick wall so they had to just go in the same direction. What a screwy game that was. Don't do that. No. Yeah. But they're going to start playing some more games there. Well, hopefully they get that part figured out. Yeah. So with a line I figure uh favored by seven and a half over under 42, they're basically saying 24 to 17 Illini. Do we think Northwestern's going to get the 17 points? No, and I, I don't think Illinois is getting to 24. I'll tell you why. Because I think Andrew Marty is going to be the quarterback for Northwestern. I think Matt Robinson is going to be the quarterback yeah. for Illinois. I don't see you mix in the cold, the Should rain. We just go ahead and go? Absolutely. Let's just do another one. Yeah, I don't. We both like the under. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know where they're coming from there. We both like the under. I mean, if you like watching great quarterback play, do not watch this game. It's and that's no, be ugly. that's no offense to Illinois. Brandon Peters being out right. is a big deal. Now, so yeah, and I I mean everything you're hearing as a Illinois insider 
not going to play. It's sounding like Matt Robinson. So basically it's going to be... But with that being said, there's no... It doesn't mean it, sw- it swings back to a uh, quarterback advantage for Northwestern. No. We've got backups on that. Matt Robinson's got way more starting experience. Uh, yeah. He, well, or just he, playing experience. He's got more ex- playing experience, but he's. But do you know what I mean? That just that just evened up the quarterback play. That, 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 that didn't. Correct. Okay. No. Which is. That is unfortunate for Illinois. I. Illinois deserves to be at full strength for this game. I don't know how else to say it. It's. it's I, I feel bad for Brandon Peters. Yeah, I, I do too. But, but even but, with that being said, like, okay. The, maybe the overall, I don't know, fundamentally sound defense might be Northwestern, but I don't, I don't think they're the better defense. Here's the thing: North or Illinois midseason ha- is a different team versus the run. They've been very good versus the run the back end of the season. Both teams are going to have to run the ball. It's like they're, they're everyone's they're both going to be running into a brick wall here. There's not going to be much and then yardage. There's times, not going to be many points when you have to throw the ball. I have way more faith. With Illinois, I would even say so. If their starting quarterback is out because Matt Robinson is not. They've got Matt Robinson targets. is your classic NFL backup quarterback, like not a guy you want leading your franchise, nope. but he's fine to but, come in. Well, but here's the thing with Matt is he's just prone to turnovers. Can't so, do that. No, he's got to take care of the ball. If he can do that, okay. If he can do that, I, I unfortunately think that the overall look of this game is just. It's going to be ugly. As you've absolutely the aesthetics of this game won't look good. Again, weather is going to play into this as well. If we think the under is the hit, which we do, when you have a line that's seven and a half points, I have to take Northwestern. Me too. With this, but mostly because I think the final score is going to be seventeen to thirteen. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're you're you're. I was you're speaking the words that I'm thinking in my brain. <laughs> so here's what, here's the one motivation. I, okay. A couple things. I'm afraid of the Fitzy factor and the cardiac cats. I just, I can never get that out of my brain because they've just done it so many times and they want to ruin it for Illinois. That's their motivation. Here's Lovey's motivation. I, I sure hope he's using this. Remember last year when uh, Fitzgerald started pulling a lot of his, his starters and it was a close game. And afterwards, he said, well, we felt confident winning the game with the guys we had on the field. That's what I'd be using if I was Lovey Smith. And there, I could tell last week versus Iowa, this is an Illinois team that has a completely different mindset, not only from last year, but from September. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no doubt. They know that they need to win this game. Yep. Not need to. They've made a bowl game, but six wins is nice. Seven looks better. They have a chance at eight wins yes and, and believe anybody me. that thought illinois was going to get to have a right now illinois has a very very real chance to get to eight wins absolutely nobody and, thought that was going to happen at well the, 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 the players know this and the, and this, this is a rivalry and they're talking about it they want to get to seven wins they want to get to eight wins yes there were the there was the lunatic fringe preseason Illini fans oh we're going to win nine games and i just shake my head but no any realistic Illini fan had no uh, pre no notion that that they were gonna get to even seven, let alone eight. So still, still things to play for for Illinois is what we're saying. Absolutely, man. So they're gonna be motivated. officially. We both love the under, love and, the under, and like like Northwestern. Don't love, no, I don't love don't them. love, but I like. Okay. Next up, I don't know. Kind of has the same feel to it a little bit. Yeah, the seven and four Indiana Hoosiers coming into Purdue to play the four and seven Boilermakers this is an eleven o'clock a.m. game. 
They are stuck with the ESPN2 crew. Line Hoosiers by 6.5, over under 57. Yards per play differential, Indiana positive 0.6, Purdue negative 0.8. Of course, this is the old oak and bucket game. Purdue leads the overall series. Dear Lord, 74 to 41 with six ties. They absolutely dominated this series from 1949 to 1986. But what happened in 87 and 88? That's right. IU flipped the script and won those games by a combined 87 to 21 score when Bill Mallory was at the helm versus Fred Akers. So Vegas... At six and a half and fifty-seven, they're basically saying uh, the Hoosiers are going to win thirty-one to twenty-four. Yeah, <sighs> um, I. Why do I have a not so fresh feeling when I think about the Hoosiers right now in this game? Well, is some of the mojo been taken as off more, the yeah. Hoosier fastball? Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, Penick's getting injured. Uh, Ramsey getting banged up. What failures banged up? There's a lot going on right now. That's. That's a lot. That's right a lot. There. You just you just listed off a lot of things. Well, and the offensive lineman went out. For, he's not. He was one of the, the anchors. Uh, Bedford. I feel like Penn State kind of it, it took their mojo. Speaking of Austin Powers, remember when he had that syringe and they sucked. You know, he went. Doctor oh, yeah, yeah. went back sure. in time and he sucked his mojo out. I feel like that's what Penn State has done a little bit, and then it yeah, got. I think that's fair. Then it got sucked even more out. In the second half versus Michigan of last week. Yeah, especially that third quarter. That was ugly. I, no, think- I mean, obviously, Penn State and Michigan are, you know, a ginormous step up from Purdue, but Purdue has shown fight all year long. Brom yeah. is going to have them Broming. And, I mean, they, they kept. Well, but hold on. Is he? Because this is a weather game. I mean, we just said you need to run the ball and you need to stop the run. They can't do either of those things. The so, king, the king has looked decent at times. King Doru, yeah, yeah. I guess they're running the ball better, but would you still can, would you call them a good no, running no, team? I'm not going. I'm not going that far. No, but, yeah. and, and and I wouldn't say they're good at stopping the run. Indiana isn't a great running team, but they can do it. They're not a great at stopping the run, but they can do it. I just think they're so much better in both of those categories. And you throw the weather in there, you can't just keep. You can't have a Drew Brees game here and keep throwing the ball over the field. But I haven't been uh, blown away by Indiana's ability to run the ball lately. Now, again, lately (laughs) they've been running into the Penn state and Michigan brick walls. So that, that does make a difference. So I understand what you're saying that if this comes down to which team has to run the ball, you give the you give the advantage to Indiana. Big advantage to Indiana. I don't know. I think I'm just going off of a little bit of I need to see it. And Indiana has not only been able to get not have not only have had an issue getting over the win a big game hump, they've had an issue getting over the old oak and bucket they have. hump as well. And I've got a little bit of I need to see it type of deal. So I'm actually calling the upset here. Okay. I think Purdue is going to win this game. With that being said, again, yeah, I like the under, but yeah. I also I like Purdue and the points. Really? Here. Yeah, I mean, you like I'm, them that much? I'm, I mean, I'm calling Purdue to win the game here. I mean, Illinois or the uh, Hoosiers favored by seven and a half. So this is a, this is a little money line bet you could look at. I mean, this is going to come down to the wire. So we're at uh, six and a half, um, seven and a half on this one. Yeah. Oh, seven and a half. Hmm. That's that makes it a little tougher. You know what though? IU is not very good at causing turnovers. They haven't been, but I think that's going to change. That's going to change in this game. 
I like Indiana minus the seven and a half, but I also like that under as well. All right, moving into the afternoon games. We've got three of them. The first two, we got that little Spider-Man meme going on here because these two games look a lot alike. I almost wonder yeah. if we could just break these down all at once. It's pretty much the same damn game. First up, Rutgers, two and nine, going into Happy Valley to take on number 10 Penn State at nine and two. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on Big Ten Network. Nittany Lions favored by a robust 41 points over under 48.5. Man. Yards per play differential, Rutgers negative 2.0. Penn State positive 1.0. Penn State leads the overall 27 games to two. But you know what? Rutgers won in 1918 and 1988. That's right. They win this one every 70 years, baby. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) they're not due yet, though. Not due. It's going to be a little while. Um, Yeah. Uh, So Vegas is saying... Uh, there's there's not a really great way to do this, but basically Vegas is saying forty five to three, Nittany Lions. Right. Um, let me ask you this. Okay. <laughs> Just take this off. Yeah. Uh, Penn State and Michigan State they sure are getting the shaft last week of the year, aren't they? How about it, man? I mean, nobody's and, watching their games this this and weekend. And I I hate to jump ahead to Michigan State, but that's as I said, it's the Spider Man meme. We're looking at the same thing. I know. Don't can, you, can we do it? Can we just break? Can we just? All right, let's do both of them because Michigan yeah. State, like, don't okay. You, Maryland at three and eight going into five and six. Michigan okay. State is a two thirty p.m. game. Line on FS1. Spartans favored by twenty two and a half. Over under is forty eight. Okay, yards per play differential there. Maryland negative 1.5. Michigan State positive 0.3. Michigan State leads the overall 8-2. to 4-1 to one in the Big Ten. Now, the other Maryland win was in 1950. They won 34-7 to seven in East Lansing, Michigan. That was the great Jim Tatum coaching the Maryland Terrapins versus Biggie Munn from the Sparty. All right. um, so w- what I was getting at is don't you – if you're Michigan State – wouldn't you want Rutgers and Maryland earlier in the season to kind of gain some momentum and wait for, for later in the year to play, you know, Penn State and wouldn't and Ohio as Penn State, State wouldn't you feel the same way? Load up. I mean, absolutely for both Penn State and Michigan State. There, I mean, their fans are like after last weekend. Essentially, it's like, well, the, the year's over. Um, I, well, it's. I mean, the finish for Michigan State. They finish with Rutgers and Maryland. Yeah, I know. I mean that's crazy. Yeah, wouldn't you want those spaced out? They get no get right game. No, they Michigan, didn't get it. nobody. Like nobody's doing Michigan State favors with that. I mean, Michigan State probably like had the worst gauntlet to go through in the entire conference. Up there, they played. It's up there, it wasn't like four top ten teams right in a row. Yeah, something like that. I'd put Northwestern up into that category as well. Iowa would be right behind those two teams. Yeah, but I. I mean, this is just crazy. Like. Would, would it actually make sense if Penn State played Maryland the last game of the year? Because it makes more it's sense. A, yes. It's a quasi, quasi, quasi rivalry. You have to, it's, it's a, you know, they both recruit essentially, you know, the DMC. In the eyes of John Miller, you have to squint a little bit, but you can see a rivalry Correct. if you squint. Or do you put Michigan State and Penn State play the last week of the year? Because you're, See, because here's the thing. It's another you're, one. You're looking at it from a Penn State's point of view, okay? And I asked my my Penn State buddy, Mr. Perkins, like, well, as a, you know you're not going to get. And I started out with thinking Michigan or, Mich- or uh, Ohio State. They're obviously right. Michigan, Ohio State yep. are going to play last week of the year. But then I started listing them out. You're not going to get Wisconsin, Minnesota. No, why wouldn't you Iowa, do that? 
Nebraska, Indiana, Purdue. Right. Nobody's nobody's left. Why wouldn't you? It do is that? literally Michigan State, Maryland, and Rutgers for the last game. Plus, of the year for these they've teams. got a trophy for Michigan State and Penn State, right? Yeah. And they when Penn State came into the Big Ten, they tried to make that a rivalry, like that. that they kind of hooked up those two teams as potential. So rivals. I think you as as much as Penn State fans would hate it. They would rather have Maryland the last week of the year, I think. But it seems to me that Michigan State, Penn State would actually make more sense. And then you're letting Maryland yeah. and Rutgers play Why not? the poop bowl at yeah. the end of the year <laughs> to see who gets last in the division, essentially. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To see who's the turd in the punch bowl. Uh, right. Um, so looking at both lines separately, oh, boy. I like Penn State. To cover the forty-one. Do you really? So uh, to I me, know. to me, I don't know. You know who, what? I oh. take that. I take that back. I don't because I just don't think they're going to care to. to well, score that's enough here's what I have. This is a helmet roll game, and I don't mean that just for Penn State. It's for a helmet roll game for both of them because yeah. I don't know who's less motivated between Rutgers and Penn State here. I just don't. You know, Penn State. Of course, they can beat them by forty-one. I just don't think they're going to care to. Correct. So I'm going with Rutgers and the under. Okay, I like Rutgers and the under. Yes, I just changed my mind live on the podcast because okay. I we thought we can do that. It. Then you switch over to Spartan. Now that's a much lower line. We're at Spartans twenty-two and a half, and the under is forty-eight. I still like the under. Yep. Because I don't think Maryland cares to score any points. They here. don't. And but I'd, I doesn't this scream twenty-three to seven? I'm gonna go a little more than that. I think. I I I think the Maryland defense is just going to lay down. I think this is going to look a lot like the Rutgers game for Michigan State yeah. last week. I like Michigan State to cover the twenty-two and a half, but I do like the unders well. Okay, yeah. I you know, I just don't. I see not a lot of points in these games for two reasons: the weather yeah. and nobody gives a shit. Right. That's it. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to change my answer, but yeah, maybe it, the weather's going to be too much for Sparty to even cover that. I don't know, okay. but. Is this no? A, I, I understand. Thirty to seven covers. 30 yeah, to seven covers. Right, one to seven covers by a point and a half. Right, it's tougher. That one's tougher. But can you go just down all of the Big Ten games this week and bet under for all the totals and make money? Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do. Parlay the unders. Maybe. Oh, that's a good idea. There's a thing. Yeah, that would be cool. All right, so that gets us to the the number 12 Wisconsin Badgers at 9 and 2 coming into Minneapolis to the bank to take on the number 8 ranked Minnesota Gophers at 10 and 1 this is a 2:30 p.m. game on ABC Badgers by 2 and a half over unders 46 this is the yards per play differential bowl at Wisconsin they're they're a Positive 1.9, Minnesota positive 1.8. Wow. Yeah. That close. Of course, we know it's actually the Paul Bunyan's Axe game, which is one of the best trophies in sport, and I have held it, and it was awesome. They are tied in this series, 60-60 to 60 with eight ties. Could they, if there wasn't any more onto this game, exactly. we... we we bring in the 60 to 60 to 8. Wait, but this goes back to the Ohio State-Michigan game. It's where the oldest rivalry in all of college football. Where they're playing for the best percentage, though. Look, think about that. We got a lot of mirror action Insane. going on this week. A lot of memes. A lot of Spider-Man memes. So I was at this 2013 game up here at the bank. Wisconsin ended up winning 20-7. to It was butt-ass cold that day, man. I was so excited to go to the game, and it just wasn't that interesting of a game. It's just kind of a blah game. The Gophers came out real flat. Yeah, Gary Anderson beat Jerry Kill. Just not worth it at all. I, I just I wanted an awesome game. Didn't get it. 
Well, the juice is back. Juice is back, baby. Or this uh, rivalry. Um, Obviously, Minnesota stunning not only the Badgers, but the college football world by going into uh, Cheeseland last year and taking the axe back out with them. The way they've paraded it around, I think, has gotten the attention of the Wisconsin staff and players. (laughs) Um, After beating Purdue last week, the chippy Wisconsin players already talking about going back up to Minneapolis and getting the ax. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you could possibly add more fire into this game. No, nope. playing year. for the West playing for the ax, getting the ax back after, yeah. after having it for 14 years. And then heck on top of it, let's throw game day game days here. As well, by the way, first time ever, isn't it sad that, well, the greatest celebrity in the history of the state of Minnesota, I think, is Prince. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been something to have him, right? Would it have been great? To, I mean, if he was actually around and still on. Oh, it would have been awesome. If he could have dropped, like, the, the uh, well, for starters, you have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Oh, yeah. It would have been awesome to have him. And he would have had he no been, idea. If, like, I think he had just been too weird. To get there, it would have been like, do you remember when they pulled Eminem into the... Yes, the, that was great. It was during the live broadcast. The Monday the Night Football, think, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it Monday Night? Was that what it was? Okay. I think so, yeah. Um, it would have almost had that type of feel to it. They would have had to, to have just a... Just to see teeny tiny five foot two prints up on there would have been incredible. They would have had to have like a backup picker because who knows if he's going to show up. <laughs> and he's probably going to show up late. So it's like... <laughs> or they, like, they would have made him like beamed him in from paisley park because he would have you know refused to come. have you ever but... been to paisley park no i was gonna ask you i have not what a strange place yeah, yeah i would highly recommend doing it okay don't expect like seeing this amazing no, place i've heard it's just, not that great just expect it to be weird weird right which is why it was great sure wow that's it, that's it, Prince. it was amazing i have no idea who the celebrity picker is yet i don't think they're gonna announce until thursday or friday yeah i don't know either dave winfield that's been i would love it for it to be dave winfield I'd be good with that. That would be awesome. Tony Dungy definitely has a chance. What about Paulie Molitor? Who? Paulie Molitor? Oh, Paul Molitor? Yeah. Mm, got the, kind of spent a lot of time with the uh, Brewers. I don't know. That might. Kind of oh, that's a good point. A little bit. But wouldn't that make it a little better? Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. They got a lot of people to pick from. They um, do. Okay. So first thing is I've heard a little. This is weird to me, but like somehow Wisconsin has more fire or, I don't know, lack of a better way of putting it, reasons to win the game than Minnesota? Not at all. I'm not buying that That's at BS. All. Like, I've just heard a lot of, I've talked to these Wisconsin. No. They want to get their axe back. I, there, there is no more desire to get the axe from Wisconsin than there is to keep the axe from Minnesota. If there's anything I can say about P.J. Fleck, because he has this team incredibly motivated. Without the cold rain and snow, I was going to pick Minnesota to cover and win this game. I'll tell you what, man. I I got a text from one of my insiders. I don't want to rat them out and get anybody to you know get fired up with them on Twitter. But essentially he said, God hates the Gophers. This weather is awful. If you take our passing attack away from us, we're essentially a 6-6 six and six team. They're, yeah. But, but here's yeah. the thing. This, the strongest part of Minnesota is the passing game. Yeah, right? for sure. Receivers and Tanner, a very accurate Tanner Morgan. Yep. Now, in, in some theoretical universe, take away the best thing that any team does. How good is that team? That's a good point. 
right? But so, but this is just going to come down to who can grind it out on the ground better, and I just think that's Wisconsin. It's tough, right? Yeah, it's going to be tough to beat. I mean, that. how? I don't think Minnesota has a bad defense. I just don't think Minnesota has a good defense. Um, Iowa I has, I Iowa has it... had issues running the ball all Big Ten season. They had pretty decent success versus Minnesota, yeah. and obviously I was running attacks as a step or two down from Wisconsin. It makes me nervous. It makes me nervous mm-hmm. how that game could be won or lost simply with Wisconsin's offensive line versus the front seven of Minnesota. I know. If it, it like is that enough because Minnesota can't turn around and throw the ball up? I think so. Receivers. I think so. I mean, I mean we we're 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 recording this on Wednesday night. We're we're a couple days away. I know weather forecasts can be completely off, but we're looking at like 90% oh, yeah. rain, mixed rain, snow, particip- uh, uh, precipitation Friday night into Saturday. Dude, it's going to look horrible during this game. This, it's there's no horrible. doubt about yeah. it. That, and all that I can really see, kills Minnesota. Absolutely does. All I can see is Wisconsin just handing to Jonathan Taylor. Handing to John, Jonathan Taylor. And then, and, and then another thing is watching their games the last couple weeks, they're switching it up, and they're getting the ball in the jet reverses to Aaron Crookshank. Yep. That They've been doing that really effectively. looked amazing. Yes. Crookshank has taken off. He's given them an element. Because I certainly don't trust the Wisconsin passing game. I mean, obviously, if we don't think the Minnesota passing game is going to take off, I sure as heck don't think that the Wisconsin passing game will take off. Well, Cone has a good uh, completion percentage, right? He just is not the guy that's going to take over and win the game, typically. But he's not going to have to here. There, And I think Minnesota is very, very good DBs, or at least DBs that have played over their ski tips for the whole year. They have looked good. There certainly is no advantage Wisconsin there. In fact, I'd say advantage Minnesota. You do not want the Wisconsin passing attack to have to win this game. No. If it comes down to that, I do see this going back to Minnesota. If there is any a sliver of passing attacks for both of these teams, it starts inching its way back to the Gophers. Absolutely. I, I just, I think on a neutral field, dry conditions in a dome, I think you kind of alluded I to I like Minnesota in, that, would, in those but, conditions. Yeah. But because of this, I, I just, I got to go Wisconsin minus the two and a half. Yeah. I'm going Wisconsin minus two. And I mean, I really love the under 46 yeah. because I think these will, these defenses will play enough to keep it, to keep it under that score. The one this, I, this feels like a 20 to 17 type of game to me. Yeah. I do like the under. I don't love the under as much as you, but I, I really like Wisconsin minus the two and a half. Unfortunately, I wanted this to be a clean game and see who the true better team was, but I'm not a big fan of weather games. Cause I don't feel like you find out who the better team is. And I, I know, um, I feel like that kind of, uh, Cheats on our Big Ten heritage to a certain degree because yeah. certainly you need to build your football program and X's and O's of your well, team sure. around the conditions because these things are going to start happening. Correct. Certainly November, certainly late November. But with that being said, yeah, it's just not a true look of what really these not. teams could look like. No. Nope. Um, and the other part of it is, and I'll freely admit it, we've already seen Ohio State and Wisconsin play. Because I think it's going to – I mean, we know it's going to be Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. So we've seen that game already. It would have been interesting to see or would be interesting to see, I should say. I'm sorry, Gopher fans. Minnesota playing Ohio State. Because I think Minnesota, if healthy and in a controlled environment, gives the Big Ten West their best chance to challenge Ohio State. I would agree with that. I'm not saying beat Ohio State. 
the best Big Ten championship game we would see is Minnesota. I, I think that's true. I, I absolutely think that's true. So Gopher fans, you gotta you gotta fight through the elements and get there, and then we can we can see it happen. And I'm we're supposed to be impartial here. We try to be impartial, kind of. You know, when we're just analyzing the yeah. games. I want the Gophers to win this game. We've seen Wisconsin there enough. I know. It would be interesting to see Minnesota there. Yes, I have a lot of close friends locally. Me too. Go um, Gophers. Crookshank. Does that not sound like a, like a prison break movie starring Jason Statham? Oh, yeah, it kind of does. It also sounds like maybe a, an English lord from the, the 1500s <laughs> the or Crookshank. something. Love yeah, Crookshank. Lord Crookshank. All right, we've been talking long enough. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big podcast. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening.